0: Thank you for joining in on our show. Today's topic is on fertility support and how we can optimize natural fertility. If you've been going through the struggle of fertility, you're not alone. One in eight couples experience difficulty getting pregnant or sustaining a pregnancy. Infertility is a disease. It is not anyone's fault. It doesn't discriminate, but there are a variety of factors that can contribute to infertility. But there are many things you can control to optimize fertility from within, whether trying to conceive on your own or with assisted reproduction treatments. We are honored to have Lauren Herring, who is a registered nurse and fertility expert of over 16 years of experience on the front lines at a world renowned fertility clinic. Throughout her years, She served countless patients in various roles as a fertility nurse specialist, clinical manager of the Fertility Preservation Center, director of nursing, and practice manager. My, my, amazing lady here. Continuing Lauren's passion to help educate and support individuals and couples in their fertility journey, she began Embrace Fertility in 2019 to bridge the gap in fertility wellness support. The integrative program she offers are designed to optimize fertility from within as well as support and empower both women and men to take control of their fertility journey. Lauren earned the Optimal Fertility Certification from the Integrative Women's Health Institute and is continually expanding knowledge on fertility wellness support. She is an active member of ASRM, which is American Society for Reproductive Medicine, and RESOLVE, the National Infertility Association. Before her fertility career began, Lauren was an egg donor and as such, she has been a distinguished speaker at seminars for potential donor recipients. She is part of the number one in four club and has also frozen her eggs. So, she's not a stranger to the emotional and physical toll fertility struggles and treatment brings on. Embrace Fertility is here for any individual who is feeling overwhelmed with all the information out there and needs guidance on lifestyle modification to improve fertility wellness, whether trying to conceive on their own or enduring fertility treatment. Lauren is here as a partner who understands the clinical aspect and is supporting ally throughout the full treatment cycle. She's an invaluable resource to support, encourage, and provide you with invaluable insight about your fertility journey. without further delay. Let's welcome Laura to the show. Hi, Laura. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. You're very welcome. And thank you for playing an integral part in supporting many men and women in their fertility journey, Lauren. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It's what I was born to do. Well, Lauren, let's hear from you. Tell us a little bit about fertility. Is it possible to take control of our fertility journey as we always seem to feel alone in this ride? Yeah, unfortunately, this is such a a realm where people do find
1: it hard sometimes to talk about it. And so it it is very easy to feel alone and overwhelmed because when you go and you do a quick search, if you have a simple question, you can fall down this uh, Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole on Dr. Google and it just can take you on this extreme complex journey from there. There is a lot out there now that is available for support. Of course, social media makes some of it very able to be at the touch of your fingertips, but there's a lot of good resources out there. And there is things that you can do to take control of your fertility instead of just being along for the ride. There's that famous Marissa Tomei scene in the My Cousin Vinny movie where she's like, you my biological clock is ticking like this. You know, (laughs) it's true. We do have a biological clock. And unfortunately, in school, we're taught, don't have sex, don't have sex you're going to get pregnant when in fact, it's not that easy for everybody. And so we're not taught about our hormones and what's normal and what's not normal. So we know when to seek help perhaps before things get too bad or too difficult. So there are definitely things that you can do on your own to optimize fertility from within, whether you're trying on your own or if you've gotten to the point where you do need some additional fertility support. There are all wellness pathways. Basically your overall fertility wellness is tied to your basic general health and wellness. If your body is not functioning at its optimal level, then your reproductive health is going to suffer. So the same pathways that help optimize your health in general, they can be used to benefit your fertility. So You want to go back to the basics, things like, how are you sleeping? How are your eating habits? Uh, Are you eating enough? And are you hydrating yourself enough? Hydration is so key. Are you exposed to uh, chemicals in your environment that could be undermining your success? You know, things like that, stress, poor diet, inadequate sleep, and exercise, as well as these environmental factors can have a significant impact on fertility, but these are the things you can directly impact. You can certainly make choices that will positively impact your fertility. And whether or not you are someone who needs fertility treatment to conceive, you can still optimize your fertility from within so that you have the best chance for success with your treatment. The pathways that I talk about in my programs Mm -hmm. that are where we can make these differences and keep in mind, small changes can make big Impacts and so, not to be overwhelming, choosing one small area to focus on at a time can make a huge difference in the long run. First off, the most important is going to be nutrition you are what you eat, you cannot out supplement a bad diet or out medicate one. Uh, So, at the core, you need to be eating for fertility, you're you're Mm -hmm. using your body to fuel the ability to create life, and so you Mm -hmm. need to have that fuel and the right kind. There's a lot of different fertility diets out there, and there's no one perfect diet, but there are things that you can aim for to make sure that you are giving yourself the best foot forward. Just a few things without going too in-depth on it, you want to basically eat a rainbow of foods, so as far as the fruits and veggies, it's really important to eat a rainbow. I actually learned something a while ago that I thought was really interesting, and, and it makes sense, but... You know, there's a lot of picky people, myself included. And so while I may not eat uh, red peppers or tomatoes, if I select a red, fruit, like strawberries, then I could be getting some of those same antioxidants. And so it's really important to make sure you're just eating the broad rainbow to get everything like your fiber and antioxidants and vitamins and minerals that are all so important in both protecting sperm and egg health, as well as supporting and giving you the right kind of energy. Sleep is another area where I fail massively, but it is a very important place you can improve your fertility. Hormones reset while you're sleeping. Brain chemistry kind of goes back to a normalized level and your hormones reset. So having healthy sleep is really vital. And that doesn't mean necessarily duration. If you get eight hours of sleep, but it's two hours here and three hours there, you know, that's not the best quality sleep. So you want to look for adequate duration, good quality, adequate timing, and try to even get on a schedule where you can keep yourself in a routine. There's a lot of other tips, of course, to help improve sleep. And I can tell you myself, that's one of my goals this year is to work online.
0: Because we have so many conflictive challenges and the stress endured with the fact that we are not able to conceive or having all the challenges with fertility, the last thing we're thinking about is getting adequate amount of sleep because of the anxiety, the panic, the stress, the hormones. Is there any one or two points you can make about sleep? Because I am with you hundred percent. Sleep is the number one vital you can do for your body. Right. There are definitely ways you
1: can make small changes to improve your sleep. And the first one that I'll share is something across the board. You would hear it from any professional. Get rid of your screens. The bedroom is really for two things, sleeping and sex. And so you need to stop being in bed searching on the internet or going through all your Facebook posts, even sitting in bed watching CNN and and or whatever your news of choice is, having that in front of your eyes blaring. You know it's keeping your brain going. Not to mention the blue screen effects. And so that's the first thing: pick up a book. Go back to yeah. the old school ways pick up an actual real book, not even your Kindle or whatever, and you know, try to try to read a few pages and see how much more calm you feel. And make sure your environment is one that induces calm. Having the right temperature in your room, you don't want it to be too hot and having it a little cool and making sure it's dark enough. Having a routine that you stick to is, is actually really key. We are creatures of habit. And The more we do something, the more habit it becomes. And so adding that in sort of your daily, I get up, I brush my teeth. And at the end of the day, I brush my teeth. I put my phone out in the other room and I turn the TV off. And these are my steps that I take.
0: That can help you work on improving your sleep quality. You mentioned bring the old habits back. Bring out that book. If you must have something to just kind of relax is such an important fact And I completely resonate with you on that. Within your program, what type of services are these? If you can go in detail, we can incorporate. Yeah, um, so I created
1: a 12-week program that focused specifically on each of these wellness pathway areas. We do talk about the nutrition. We spend a lot of time on sleep. The other ones we talk about are movement, making sure that we're getting, you know, the right kind of movement, not over-exercising or Mm. under-exercising, you know, things like connection and and sex. Those are obviously very important. During Mm. this time, sex becomes a lot of times, you know, a job. And it's really important to get back to figuring out ways to connect with your partner or yourself and make sure that you get that, that connection that you really do need. And so we talk about that and of course, stress management throughout this program. And we have a lot of ways that I keep people accountable and worksheets. I'm a big handout person. So lots of tips and guides to help make sure everything is as clear as possible. But we do tailor everything to each individual. You will notice, of course, that this is something that Tends to mean more towards the the women who are looking at this yeah. kind yeah. of you know assistance and support, but men are a very underserved population. And whether it's because you know they're embarrassed or there's just not enough resources out there, mm. I do find that it's very uh, helpful to have both partners, if possible. Go into the program because then they're going to keep each other accountable, and they they see that positive effect on each other as they're going through it. And you know we can really focus on that connectivity as well.
0: Right. And you've seen the results when both partners are in this together. Absolutely. And and it's hard because everybody handles this differently, and with mm-hmm. so
1: many uh, emotions that go into it, and and stress, and guilt, and blame, and and anger, and. I mean, I can name a hundred different emotions that people, I mean, both through. men and women feel, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to find that, to having some way to connect and, and to find somebody that you can talk to about it, who also understands clinically what goes into it as
0: well. Oh, wow. I'm curious. I focus on the nutritional aspect and the whole body natural treatment integrating with technology. So how does that work in terms of making sure the person is eating well, sleeping well, also getting the right treatment from supporting them, utilizing any type of technique? Right. Well, with, with my program
1: to keep people accountable through the portal that I use, I send different... We have homework that they have to complete okay. uh, uh-huh. You know, to help Keep them interested, and of course, um, you know, at the top of the of their priority list. Because you know, you have to be able to invest your time. Since you're investing money, you need to put your best effort into this, and and Absolutely. that's how you're going to have success. So, somebody who doesn't really want to do it and isn't really keen, you know, this is not for them. But if you're ready to invest your time and effort and emotions, because that's what I'm here to support. Yeah, you know, yeah, this is definitely something that. With technology, luckily, I actually started my, my business before COVID hit and everything was virtual from the beginning so that you can be where you're most comfortable and at this point where you're safest. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, we talk whatever through the video chats and then lots of email correspondence back and forth through the portal
0: as well. Thank you for that service. Having this virtual platform, you can get the support in any possible time and date you need with Lauren. And that's, that's important to know because thanks to right. you. And there is also, because I know not
1: everybody needs that in-depth, Comprehensive program, and a lot of women are very savvy. Uh, you know, they're doing a lot of research, or their clinic may, uh, if they're doing treatment, may have some some pointers for them. But I do also offer just plain one-on-one support, where we can book an hour of time uh, and talk about whatever it is that you want. So whether it's one specific pathway that we really want to delve into, instead of all of them, or sometimes my clients just want to use it to vent talk about how unfair this all is, or we talk about certain testing and treatment that they're doing because, of course, I do eat, sleep, and breathe IVF. So I also have a treatment partner program where I can take them through their cycle just to make sure that they understand what's happening to them, their medications, and feel supported the whole way.
0: Interesting. What do you do after the 12-week program? Upon being successful, I'm assuming, is there anything you do in terms of maintenance treatment? Of course, success is going to be defined as different for everyone. So there are
1: some people who want to continue with further services. And so we'll maybe just go on some of the one-on-one, just uh, hour-long consults to talk about uh, periodically, how you're doing as a check in, and making sure that you're, you know, still meeting your goals and exceeding them. Hopefully, so there's definitely opportunity for prolonged accountability with that. Do you also work with other physicians? Do you communicate with the ongoing basis? It depends. If if someone is just trying to conceive on their own and they don't have a physician, then you know, there's nothing at that point, of course, to uh, to worry about with collaboration, but anybody who's undergoing treatment, my services are in no way intended to uh, counteract or in any way question what they're doing. Uh, what I'm there for is to clarify, make sure they understand why the doctor put them on this medication protocol, for example, what this medication is going to do for you, how it's going to affect your body. And then as they go through their monitoring, if they're in treatment, we talk about their results briefly each day so that maybe I can help suggest for them when you're in tomorrow, why don't you ask the doctor X, Y, or disease so that you can mm-hmm. make sure you understand you, you have the best expectations going forward. so that, you know, they do have that advocate on their side as well, but I'm not in direct contact with the clinic.
0: Understood. And that's, that's great to know. You mentioned integrative fertility support. Can you give us a bit more on the details of this service? Well, the
1: integrative support really comes from just incorporating the whole patient. So mm-hmm. when I was at their fertility clinic, I of course loved what I did, but I, I did notice that there was this missing piece, and I would often have patients ask me, "What else should I be doing?" And I'm like, i promise if i if I knew I would tell you if there was a magic pill, I would give it to you." But often they'd say, "What should I be eating and and how should I be doing this?" And I never asked them how they're sleeping when when I was at, the clinic, where we're very, very good, spelled at what we did clinically, but there's only so much capacity that the clinics might have. And some of them do have adjunct services that they recommend on site, but a lot of them don't. And so I really wanted to create this this bridge where whether someone's seeking treatment or not yet, they have the ability to improve these areas of their fertility so they have the best place that they're starting from.
0: That's amazing. About men, why is it so important for men to be just as involved in this program that you have? Please give us a little bit of enlightenment because I think men play an essential role in all this, obviously, but from an emotional perspective as well.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Men are 50% of the blueprint for a future child. So technically, while they may not have to do as much to contribute, they are contributing as much genetic material. And so it is important for them to follow the same fertility wellness goals and having them make sure that they're eating right and sleeping well and doing the right kind of movements and not over drinking. And we, of course, I shouldn't have to mention it, but Smoking is one of the things that comes up often, both men and women should not be smoking if you're trying to conceive or while you've conceived, of course, but men, they just tend to be so underserved because a lot of times the community is, look, it was taboo for women to even talk about it. When I first started in this field, I mean, egg donor was such a far out there alien type word. When I told people I was an egg donor, they're like, huh? What the heck is that? Um, So it was hard enough to get the conversation going for women to open up. And there is still a lot that's not talked about. We could go forever. I know you mentioned in the beginning, the one in four club, that is actually not a place anybody wants to be. This one in four club in the fertility realm means that you've had a miscarriage. And Mm. so there are all these areas that are so important, but not talked about enough. And so Men fall into that category where they do have a lot of emotions and it is starting to gain momentum, but they have just as many emotions about this as their partner does. And also a lot of feelings of inadequacy because there's only so much they can do to help their partner, who is obviously going to be feeling these emotions very strongly. And we know some men are more stoic. Some women are more stoic as well, but it's there. The emotions are there and they need to be addressed. I do think one of the keys for everybody going through this is support. Whether you get it from a true professional, an actual fertility mental, a reproductive mental health professional, or you have a good support network, it's so vital to find who who you trust to talk
0: to about this. Yes, yes. Community support is important. Your friend circle is so important. And if your partner is a little timid, then just the social support will help you to bridge that gap emotionally Mm -hmm. and beyond what we have already discussed that you can give us a bit of insight.
1: I mean, my primary ongoing support is going to be the one-on-one sessions where we honestly can use it for whatever my client is be interested in that day. There are days where we plan to talk about movement, let's say, because not necessarily sure exactly what's best for them and so on. But we end up just talking about how unbelievably unfair it is to be in this label of infertility. And mm-hmm. we end up talking about that for the whole hour. And so some people just need to talk if they don't have a lot of support outside. It's not always something that, people are comfortable telling their friends about or even their of course co-workers it it is very personal and it's great when people do find a good circle to share with but it, it is important to find somebody so that ongoing support I am happy to provide I do also have a group package so you can simply purchase one time with one one on time with me or a package of, of time with me. We definitely can spend as much time going through to make sure you're comfortable. The the whole goal of this is to make sure that everybody is aware of what's happening to them and how they can improve and empower themselves to take control so that they're not floundering out there on their own and just overwhelmed and stuck in this
0: kind of spiral that it doesn't help anybody right that's a valuable support you're giving thank you now is there anything you want the listeners to take away from your own personal experiences or other experiences that you've dealt with of folks to come to you or just get the support that they need
1: yeah certainly uh, you know i want support as many people as I can, but the more important thing is that people are out there finding support. I think the key about my background is while I do have the clinical knowledge, I I have been in this path myself as well and end up a number of different facets. While I was in nursing school, I actually was an egg donor. Uh, That's how I learned about this field. If I had not donated my eggs, I never would have learned about it at the time. Nursing school really wasn't teaching about it, hundred percent was on the job training. (laughs) I loved what I did so much being an egg donor and helping. I thought, how else can I do it? I do think that it's, you know, everything happens for a reason. So that set me on this path, but I've also been through the miscarriage. And while it is obviously not something I love talking about, I've written a blog about it. I think it is so important to share and bring this into a more normalized light. So women do know how common it is. You know, 25%, one in four, that's, that's, that's not a small number. And so many people say, I had no idea that this could even happen which is really hard. So I I do bring a bit more understanding, of course, of, you know, what it's like. And I've given myself, I was thinking about this the other day, probably over 400 injections. (laughs) So I know between my different donor cycles, I froze my eggs myself. And, And when I used to teach patients how to give themselves injections, if they were really nervous, I would give myself one as well, just to do a practice so they could see that it's really not a big deal. It's definitely something That's, I've I've been through. I understand how you're going to feel on the medications, how you're going to feel afterwards and things to help it go a little bit more smoothly.
0: Wow! Oh my gosh, Lauren, you are an amazing woman and strong individual. I agree. We don't talk about this topic enough. I'm hoping with this platform, we are going to be able to help many out there to reach out to you and get the support that they need as you mentioned if you don't have the friendship circle you don't have a certain community and some people just find it a taboo at least you here to give that support that these men and women need i commend you for a very strong individual for sure when it comes to fertility if someone had a success rate Is it something that the second round, they may have the same challenges, the same difficulties? Do they come to you for another program, another service or ongoing maintenance? How does that work? I do. So the
1: first cycle, if somebody hasn't done treatment before is always a little bit more anxiety provoking and nerve wracking. So we really do spend a lot of time making sure that they are comfortable with everything going on. And as we talk throughout the cycle, they gain more knowledge of what's happening to them and, and how everything is interacting. But, uh, if they, need, if they are not successful in their fertility treatment, then I do offer where they can come back and do a second or a third cycle with me for that type of support. Likewise, if they don't want to do a full support throughout their cycle, they can just choose the one-on-one and say, hey, I had my retrieval last week and I really want to talk about how things went. And they have some questions um, and emotions to talk about as well. So we can mm-hmm. use it for that time for anything, of course, but uh, we do have the ability to kind of switch back and forth depending on what's most appropriate.
0: Dear listeners, we had Lauren Herring providing us a great insight into fertility support you need. Reach out to her. Thank you for joining us. Cheers to health. Love you guys. Take care. Bye bye. <music>